this is Pastor Tito here. Welcome to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I am here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. In our current series we are doing called Known, we are looking at four unique crazy, amazing aspects of the nature and character of God. Because the more we get to know him, the more we know of ourselves. But also, here's the thing, the more we will know how to follow him. So let's go ahead and let's dive into our current topic as we are looking at getting to know God better so that we can know how to follow him and find life. See, this is what we need to do. Sometimes the things of this world can, can mean and be so big that we forget how big our God is. And we need to sometimes pause daily, weekly to remember that. And today, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence neither. We had just finished the series last week and we're starting a new one today just for the remaining months of November. And this was chosen uh, a little bit ago. So I don't think it's a coincidence that this was the word that we were going to look at on a day like today, on a week like today, when obviously there has been endless discussions on, you know, endless discussions circling around the presidency, especially here in our country. Well, you know what? I think we know enough, and in reality, we'll never know enough, and there's a lot that we don't know. But you know what we do need to know? Is we need to focus more on our king, and that's what we're going to do today. And so we're starting a new series today called Known, and part of it is us leaning into who God is, who God is. That is what the goal is, who God is, and then what does he think of us? This is important. Because as a pastor, I want to tell you right now, when I said a minute ago, right, we said we prayed, Lord, may you help us to love our enemies. And there's two kinds that we have to process that. Because there are, when I say, and when God tells us to pray for our enemies, he's speaking of people. And meaning that we need to be able to love those who don't always oppose, you know, who oppose us. And that could be in anything. People who don't think the way you do, act the way you do, have the same viewpoint as you. It is in God that he allows us to be able to even love those who aren't like us or who don't even like us, right? That's in God. But we have another enemy that is one that we don't, we ought to uh, not be nicely nice with. And I want you to know that especially now what you are seeing and can, um, we can write this down, you can document it, what we are still yet to see because my heart is heavy for not what is happening. It's hard for what I believe might still happen in the coming weeks. It's heavy. And I know that we don't fight. People are not our enemies. We do not fight against political parties or people. We fight. Our battle is with the spirit. It is the things that are operating under the shadows. And you can't fight a spiritual war with earthly tactics. Okay? You can't fight spiritual battles, a spiritual war, the earthly, earthly tactics. What we have to do, all that we are called to do, is we need to get to know the warrior. That's God. That is what we're going to do. And so we're going to look at a psalm over the next four weeks. And we're going to look at four attributes of the warrior. Four attributes of who God is. Big attributes too. Amazing ones. And we're going to look at Psalms 130. And that's what we're going to study over the next four weeks. Psalms 130 is broken up into four different stanzas, four verses, each one focusing on an aspect of God. Now, I don't know if you know Psalms 130. Some of you, as we read it, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that one. I think, you know, most people who've read the Bible might recognize like elements of it, okay? 
I think uh, David's number one hit, which David wrote Psalms 130, for you don't know what the Psalms are, it's pretty much uh, the, so, the billboard top 40 of the Jewish people, okay? This is literally, like, it's lyrics that the people of Israel would sing these songs. David was one of the biggest composers. And uh, I think it might be safe to say that David's number one hit is Psalms 23, Right, you know that one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? Even Christians, you you might be watching, I don't know the Bible, but I've heard of that one, right? I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. That's Psalms one, that's Psalms 23. So that's most people consider that to be maybe David's number one hit. But Psalms 130 is considered David's masterpiece. It is considered the crown of all of the Psalms. I mean, in the way that it is, I mean, the the poetry, the grammar, the concepts, the theology, it is a beautiful. And it is an, um, a work of art. And so we're going to look at that because the work of art points us to the master, points us to the artist. And so, and the one that we're going to focus on today as we look at one, uh, Psalms 130 is we're going to answer this question. All right. I know I'm not the only one. Has anyone here ever wondered online? Tell me, I, I know you see me. I can't see you, but I see right through you. Listen, has anybody ever wondered and, and I'm paused long enough to say, what is, what does God think of me? Anybody here online? Online, hey, give me a thumbs up. It's like, yep, exposed already, out the gate, smacked me across the face. Anybody here? Have you ever wondered, have you raised your hand? If you ever asked the question, what does God think of me? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But does, when God thinks of me, is, is, he, is, he, is he happy? Is he proud? Is he, does he love me? Like when God thinks of me, does he, oh, oh it's him again. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's her. <laughs> what does God think of me? I don't know if you've ever really paused long enough to, Maybe some of you don't want to ask that question because you're afraid of finding out the answer, right? What does God think of me? See, that is something that I know we, I, I've wrestled with that. And, and so what do, we, what do we do with that? Like, is it possible to know God's thoughts towards us? And the answer is yes. We're going to look at how David encountered those thoughts in a minute. But that, that question really highlights a, a need or something real about us, that our deepest desires as human beings is to be known. Think about it. Or we have a deep desire each and I know there's some of you I know, some of you I don't know. Some people are watching online right now. I don't know you. But I do know this of you that there is a deep desire to be known. Why do some of us do special things? Right? We want to achieve greatness and do big things. Why? Because we want people to affirm us to say, "Yeah, man, you go, you do, you go." All right, right? We we want that. We want we want to get hyped up right? We, we want to be known. This is why we have friendships. This is why friendships matter. This is why it's not good for people to be alone, because there is a deep desire and a need to be known, yes or not, right? And so there's things that we do to kind of like, you know, go above and beyond so we can be known, and there's maybe positions that we see. I heard somebody recently say there's people who seek leadership positions not because they want to do something that matters. It's because they want to feel like they matter, Think of that, right? We just want to feel known and loved and affirmed. That's our deepest desire, but can I be honest? That's also connected to your deepest fear. Your deepest desire is to be known, yet your deepest fear is to be known too good, right? Think about it. Do you really want somebody to know you? I mean, know you. Know what you think, how you really are. Do you want somebody to know you like that? Probably not, right? That's probably your biggest fear. That's why we, we, we put up fronts. Like, look, I'm going to let you know me up until here. Just know me enough. Up until here. 
Because if you really knew who I was, would you still respect me? If you really knew who I was, would you still love me? Think of that. Look, there's some of you guys. Some of you guys are married, right? And some of you, you will be if you're in a relationship. I guarantee you right now, if you had the ability to right now know your spouse, know your significant other perfectly through and through, you might be going to an offer, you know, filing for a divorce. And mom's like, I didn't know this guy. Oh, whoa, I didn't, I mean, I don't. I've been married to my wife 13 years. We've known each other, you know, over 20. I'm still getting to know her. Think of that. And so there is a deep fear of you really knowing me. This is why we try to put up such a big front. And so here's the thing though. We're gonna look at David because David encounters God in such a way that his deep desire to be known was satisfied. But at the same time, David is confronted with his biggest fear, being known, truly known. And let's see how he responds, ready? So let's go ahead. If you have the Bible, let's look at Psalms 130. This is the one we're gonna look at. We're only gonna look at the first out of four sections. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. This is the ones we're going to look at today. Psalms 139, verses 1 through 6. Here we go. It says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all of my ways. Before a word was on my tongue, you knew all about it, Lord. You have encircled me and you have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge, it's beyond me. It's lofty. I am unable to reach it. Psalms 139. So here we are looking at this element of just what God knows. Verses one through four, David is highlighting what does God know of me? Verse five shows us what does God do with that knowledge. And verse six is what did then, what did David do being confronted with this? So let's check this out. Verse, look at the one through four again. What does God know? At this moment, the Holy Spirit is opening David's eyes to get to know God. And as he is knowing God, he is at the same time realizing how much God knows. The more he's getting to know God, the more he's realizing, wow, God knows a lot. And what does he know? He knows me. Verse one, he said, you've searched me. I mean, think about that. Some of your mamas, some, some mamas out here that when you know you're so, you know, a little, little kid suspicious, when you know you've been, some of y'all know you, you, when you were significant others suspicious, you, you go searching, right? You go searching. Let me, let me see them. Let me see that history. Let me see that internet history. Let me see that. Let me go search in here. Let me search the room, right? I smell something. I'm going to search that room, right? I, where is it, right? Well, when you are suspicious of something, you go searching, right? And here God is saying, listen, he, David is realizing you have searched me. You've fine tooth combed everything. I mean, bro, you know me. Like that is what David is realizing in that opening statement. God, you know me. I mean, know me, know me. I mean, think about this statement. Do you even know yourself? You think you do, right? If anybody knows you, it's you. Yet even you don't even know yourself perfectly. And here he's confronting God and saying, God, you know me better than I know me. And then look at the verses. What, is he, what does he know about? Well, he, he explains it. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. Verse 2, he says, you understand my thoughts from far away. See, this is the cool thing about the Jewish, um, Jewish poetry, uh, that there's a lot of opposites. So stand up, sit down. It's kind of a thing that they do. And so it, it just kind of means all-inclusiveness. So when he says, what he's saying in there is, God, you know my routines. You, you know what I do when I do it. You, you know my habits. You, you, you know those things. That's, that's, 
that sounds scary though. That's like, yo, you stalking me. Okay, what is this? Like, you know my habits. And then not only that, you know my, you can see my thoughts. Not only do you know what I do, you know why I do it. Can you just process that for a moment? And he's saying, you see my thoughts from far away. I mean, that's just incredible to even process that ability. Think about that. I mean, it's one thing for me to, I can see you. Yeah, you, I, I see you hiding, right, from far away. I see you. But to see your thoughts, that's like one of the easiest things you and I can hide. It's our emotions. It's our, you know, you know on the outside, you'd be smiling at somebody. Yeah, yeah. On the inside, you mumble, this little, oh my God, you know, right? Some of y'all good. Some of y'all good on the outside. You're like, you know, how's it going? But great, great. And deep down, you know, that's you deep inside. That's you inside. But, but we're so good at, at, at hiding it. And, and God says, bro, I, I, I see you. I see you. I see what you're doing. I see your thoughts from far away. It's like, you know me this well? You know my habits. You know my feelings, my motivations. Look at verse 3. You observe an interesting word you know you observe my travels and my rest you are aware of all of my ways not only do you know my habits not only do you know my routines you know every random thing I've ever done like you know that you know me that well my routines and everything random you know everything about really but me though David is just kind of just you can, you can see in a minute where it's building up to. And then, well, I mean, if there was anything else, and then this last one is probably the most mind-blowing thought. Verse 5, no, I'm sorry, verse 4. Before a word is on my tongue, you know about it. Think of that. There's a lot of things that you have said. God knew you were going to say it before you said it. Good and bad. That's something, right? To know even the words that you're going to say before you say it, which that always brings down to the big theological, philosophical question, because even Jesus once said, well, before you even pray anything, God already knows what you're praying for. Okay. Time out. So if you know what I'm going to say before I say it, what about saying it? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You, get one, you ever had that question? There's people who wonder that. It's like, if God knows what I'm going to say and... So why about, let's just cut, you know, let's, let's cut to the chase, right? Let's cut to the chase. You, you know me, I know you, right? That's it. So listen, the thing is, why should we, even though when it comes to prayer, why should we pray even though God already knows what we're going to pray about? Because the prayer is not for God. The prayer is for you. The prayer is about your relationship more than it is the response. Because to pray, knowing that God already knows, well, process that. That should make you pause right there to know. God's already know what, what I'm going to say before I say it. And he knows my thoughts. So now... That actually is good news because I, I, I've, been, I've been with some of you guys. I'm pretty sure you've been around somebody when they're asked to pray in public, right? So they, they get that deer in the headline. He's like, hey, can you pray? It's like you get stupid all of a sudden, duh, 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 right? But then you, like, you all nervous. I'm like, wait, I don't know. So should I like, what kind of angle should I be like positioned right now, right? And, you know... Do I have to include a thou in there somewhere, right? And then some of y'all be putting some prayers out there. Y'all just fishing for, y'all just, every fancy word you can think of that you just got in your bank. I'm going to that one in there, right? So, and then we, we overthink the prayer. We overthink our praying when God says, look, I, I see you, <laughs> okay? I, I see your motives. I see your motivation. Sometimes when we get, Lord Jesus, I pray. I'm like, no, that's not what you want to say, no. <laughs> okay, I, I see where you're coming from. So the good news that God knows our hearts before we say anything, it should already, we should be, okay, let me just, how about I just talk to you? God will be like, 
Thank you, okay? Just be honest. That's all I want you to be. Be honest with me. That's what God wants. But the, the why we should pray anyways, knowing that he knows what we're gonna say, is this, because it speaks of faith. It's like saying, God, I know you know what I need to say. I know what I'm gonna say, and I say it in faith, believing you're hearing me. See, guys, this is why the prayer is about the relationship between you and God more than it is about getting a response from God. So anyway, that's just a little freebie for, you know, just have at it. Okay, but here we go. But back to this. God knows everything. God knows you. And David is looking and saying, God, he, the, the, you know, he's, he's seeing how much God knows of me. I was like, oh, you, you, you know me. You know everything about me. And then there's this tension level right at this moment. What is God going to do with all of this knowledge? He knows me. What is he going to do now when he knows me this well? Could you imagine having that power? Could you imagine having infinite knowledge? Not just of stuff. Let's just focus on here. Could you, could you imagine having intimate knowledge of people? That you can just look at somebody and I'm like, I figured you out. Okay, just like that. Could you imagine looking and just knowing their fears, their secrets, the good, the bad, the ugly, the hurt, the pain. Imagine infinite knowledge. What would you do with infinite knowledge? It's, it's said that, you know, I heard someone say infinite knowledge would be a burden at best because it just would be so much. It would be so overwhelming. It would be a burden at best, tyranny at worst. Could you imagine if somebody knew everything about you? Oh, I can get you to do stuff now. If I knew you, I was like, hey, psst. I got this on, I got this dirt on you. I got these receipts on you. Imagine what people could do. Imagine if there was, the, I mean, if there was an entity out there who just knew your habits, your thoughts, your desires, how, what you do, your preferences. Imagine if there was like a company out there who was able to track your thing, you know, everything you, oh yeah, that's called big tech. Oh, that exists. Okay, anyways, that happens. And so if they know you, like they know you, they can manipulate you. Infinite knowledge without infinite love is dangerous. So what is God going to do with this? No, he knows David this much. And David's like, you, you, you know me. What does God do with this knowledge? Look at verse 5 again. You, what is he going to do? You have encircled me. You've placed your hand on me. I mean, I, David is realizing that you know me truly you know the person that I am, and I am not. And I don't know if you've ever had this thought about you, because you know you, and, and if you could break up with yourself, you might, right? If you had an option, anybody? If you could break up with yourself, you might take that option. To, yeah, I'm out. Okay, I don't like you anymore. All right? You don't even like you a lot of times. And when David, and that's like, you know the, what about you? And then God sees everything. It's like, you know me for who I am, and, and, and what are you going to do? He encircles me and puts his hand on me. It's like God is saying, I see everything about you. Here you go. He encircles him with his arms and puts his hand. It's like a father embracing a son with his loving arms and just putting his hand on his back, on the smallest back, saying, it's okay. I still love you. Just hold on there. God knows that about David. And then David is now, this is why verse 6 Verse six is why he says this. It's God, you know me this well and you still want to be with me? You love, you know me this well and you still love me? 
and you still want to get get close to me? Like this is you're you're trying to still love me even though I don't love myself? Can I be real with somebody here? You don't even love you. If you can't even love you and you know you, if you can't even love you, how could God love me? But yet here God is trying to embrace him. And look what he says in verse 6. This wondrous knowledge, it's beyond me. It's lofty. I'm unable to reach it like pretty much. I mean, just rephrase this in simple 2020 terms. David's like, yo, I can't even with you right now. I, I, can't, I can't with this. I, I, I can't. What knowledge is he see overwhelmed with? It's, I think, the knowledge of himself, first off. God is showing, he's putting the mirror back on him. I'm like, I didn't even know this about me. This, this is too much. I, I can't even process this about me. And then and, and you, and you, you, this is who you are. Like, you still love me. You still want to be with me, though I don't love myself. And, and you have this thought and opinion of me. And, and how? Like, that's David. It's like, how is this even possible? I can't fathom this. I can't wrap my brain around this, that this is who you are. Knowing who I am, this is who you are, and this is how you're going to treat me. I just can't right now. And now what's amazing is that as we, as we see throughout the next couple of weeks, David is not wallowing in self-pity. He is just falling in worship with his God. He's like, I can't believe this. This is you. You're better than I thought. You are, I'm, I'm worse than I thought. And you're better than I could have ever imagined. That is now leading him towards worship. And that's, and that's the thing, guys, that I want you, that's really the, the biggest takeaway, is that David is being overwhelmed by the fact that he is fully known and still truly loved by God. Think about that. David is overwhelmed to know that he is fully known, yet still truly loved. What kind of love is that? What kind of God is that? I mean, now that David was amazed. They was like, that's awesome for David, but what about you? What about me? I was like, all right, well, we started with the question, what does God think of me? What does God think of me? I was like, well, apparently we know what God thinks of David, but what about me? Well, let me show you what God knows about you and what he did. Look at Romans chapter five, six and eight. Look at what God knows about you and look what he did for you. For while we were still helpless, we being us, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for, just, for a just person. Though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proved his own love for us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Guys, I want you to know that the same way David is feeling and the same way God views David is the same way God views you. He sees you. He knows everything. You are, in God's eyes, fully known. There are things, things that you've thought, felt, no one knows but except God. And I guarantee you, you don't want to let your spouse know this. You don't, you don't want to let your best friend know this because that might compromise that relationship. Yes or no, right? If there was, if there was somebody like, I've done this, and if I let you know, I might lose you, and I don't want to lose you. Guys, you do not have to have that fear towards God because you don't have to be afraid of God finding something out, and then you lose that relationship or you lose that salvation. Nah, man, God knows you. He knows it. He sees it all and said, I'm still going to die for you. 
I'm still going to love you. He encircled him the way he encircled David with his hand. He opened up his arms on the cross to say, I love you this much. This is, I see you. I know who you are. Jesus did not die for saints. He died for sinners. Jesus did not die for good people. He died for dead people. He did not die for his family members. He died for his enemies. That's what he did. And he proved his great love. He says, listen, I love you this much. Well, how could you, well, what are you, what do you think of me, Jesus? I just love you. How, how can you? I do. See, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. I'm on another level than you. God says that on Isaiah 55. He says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. You, you have a way of operating, but I'm above you. That's why I'm God. You're not. So it's okay. That's what we have in Christ. And when we know Christ, we know hope. We have this and know because he knows it all and especially knows us. And so what does that lead us to do? The same thing that David did because David kept going. In the Psalms, he didn't just stop there. He says, I, I can't process with this with you right now. But you know what he actually does? He continues to process. Though he's seeing, he's knowing God. And then what is he doing? He's just diving in deeper. And so here's the thing with us and with the world. And I think this is a moment, a word that we need to know right now. Because of God and who he is in his nature, you know what we don't have to do? Stress. You know what we are supposed to do? Seek. That's it. Listen, God is not a, he's not a puzzle that you have to try and solve to enjoy, okay? He's not. He just invites you to say, listen, I just love you that much. But, but I can't process with that. It's okay. You don't have to figure it out. Look, some of y'all drove in cars this morning. I know somebody knows how cars work. Maybe some of y'all know how cars work. Some of y'all just know, I just put the metal thing and turn and it's on. That's it. You don't know how the electrical things and how this connects to that. And you don't know how a car works. Yeah, you copped in one and then got here, didn't you? Some of y'all don't know how the internet works, all right? Y'all don't know how the internet works. You just know Wi-Fi. That's it, Pi password. That's all I need, and I got to pay a bill. That's it. You don't know how it works, yet you're enjoying something without fully understanding it. That is the love of God that you don't have to truly fully understand it in order to fully enjoy it and only to fully receive it. That is what God has for you, for me. And he knows you. He has known every single day. And the second some of you ever wondered, oh, now I did it. Now I put my foot in it. Now God's not going to love me. Now how can he love me now? He's like, yeah, I saw you do it before you even did it, bro. And I still loved you anyways. But, but no, 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 how? It's, listen, I know this is hard. It made me hard for some of you. Because I, when I found myself in this situation, I remember feeling like David. And I, when I started to realize that I was a sinner and what that process was and meant, and then I'm like, no, I, th I think I've crossed the line. There's no way God can love me now. No way God can love me now. And I remember, and I believed, God, I believe in you. I believe that you love me. I believe that you've forgiven me. But I was punishing myself. I didn't want to forgive myself. And here God is trying to embrace me. God's trying to love me, and I'm just stiff-arming him. I'm like, no, 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 not me, not me. You're, you are too good. I don't deserve this. And it's like I'm trying to do God a favor. It's like, no, no, man, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just going to embarrass you, bro. You, you don't want people to know I'm with you. Right? And it's, I'm, I'm going to be a bad look for you. No, man, no, 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 no. Because I couldn't process it. Like, no, that's too good. I don't deserve that. That's too, that's too much love. I don't deserve that. Though I needed it, though I wanted it. I just kept on stiff arming him. And yet he kept on trying to encircle me until the day I just gave up and says, all right, God, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why. I know I deserve it, but go have at it. Boom. Listen, that's some of you. I want you to know 
If you feel that you don't, des- that you don't deserve that love, you don't, okay? But here's the thing. Jesus died on the cross because he is worthy, not because you are. He died on the cross because he is worthy, not because you are. And all he asks us to do is stress less and seek him more. Because the more you're like, wow, this is amazing. But the bigger you, de- the more you go, the more, wow, this is amazing. Wow, this is, I mean, that is what heaven is going to be like. Heaven is going to be us figuring out God and continually figuring him out. I'm like, holy, 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 no wonder, okay? That's heaven. It's going to be this continual, eternal, revealing mystery of the greatness of God towards us. And the more you're going to get to know God, the more you are going to get to know yourself. But that's okay. God is going to expose those weaknesses in you because he says, see, that's where I'm supposed to be right there. You see that? Yeah, that. you're trying to do my job for you, bro. No, no, right here. And, 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 and here. And, and here. That's what he's called us to do. Stress less because we don't have to worry of ever God finding something out. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm done. Okay, I'm done with you. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to stress. We have to stress less. Instead, seek Christ more. So that we can, because the more we see God, the more we unveil, the more we see, the more we enjoy. That is what God is. And the church plays a big part in that, guys. Why are we doing this? Because look, we're not hosting services. We're not putting on events so that you can know more stuff. That's not what this is for. This isn't so we can know something. Listen, a church is a place to be known. It's like, listen, it's a place where you can put that guard down. You can put the mask down and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm struggling with. If this is who I am, will you still love me? Yeah, because if Jesus can love me, I can love you. A church is a place to be known. That is part of it. Now, and it is a place to be known as we together seek to know God. And here's the key, because what do we do with this knowledge? What do we do with this understanding? Put it in our pocket, call it a day. I'm like, I feel good, okay? What do we do with this knowledge? Because what did Jesus do with the knowledge of who we were? He did everything possible so that we can know him, right? He did something with that knowledge. What do we do with this knowledge that we have of God's love? Easy. Make Jesus known. Make him known. We got a campaign for Christ too, okay? That too, we got to make him known. As, as we know, we make him known because that is what we truly, deeply need. And that is what we have to keep pressing on and doing because we, listen, You need God more than you realize. You need God more than you can process right now. You think you know him, but you don't. And you think you know him, but you don't. It's okay. That's why we're called to keep searching without stress, knowing that the more we see, the more he fills that heart, those those, those holes in us that, that only he can. That is what he wants from us. And listen, he wants us to know him. He knows you. God knows you. He knows you. He knows you. The point is now, do you know him? And some of you do. Good. You know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That's awesome. But that, that's not the finish line. That's the starting line. Keep digging in. Keep growing. Keep pursuing. Some of you guys, you know of him. You don't know him. And that's the key thing. You know, Jesus said in the end, there's going to be people who are going to be spitting Bible verses saying, I did the Lord's work in heaven. I mean, on earth, and now here I am in heaven, and Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. 
I never knew you. Wait a minute, but I thought if God knows me, how does he not know me? See, he knows who you are. But when Jesus says, I never knew you, it means there was no relationship here. You knew of me, but you didn't know me as your personal Lord and Savior. You tried to be your own Savior. You tried to work your way into here, and you can't. You can't. And so the thing, guys, is I want you, uh, this is what we need to know right now. Because, look, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. There's a lot of things that we know, and there's a lot of things that we don't know. And look, I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of uncertainty that we, no one knows how these next weeks and months are going to play out. No one knows. But that's okay. Because here's the thing. That's why we need to put our trust in the all-knowing God. It's not up to you to have to figure it all out. You, you, there's a lot of things that you just, you just don't know, and you will never know. And that's why we have to put our trust in the all-knowing God. Because when we put our trust in the all-knowing God, the one who knows it all, you have it all. When you put your trust in the one who knows it all, you have it all. You're going to find a level of strength that you never found before because it's him. You're going to find a level of hope that can only be found in him. You want healing? Look to him. He's the one who knows it all. He is the one. When you know the one who knows it all, you have it all. You will have a level of boldness that you have never experienced before. Courage that you have never experienced before. Love and peace that can't be found or legislated anywhere else. When you know the one who knows it all, you have it all. And all you have to do, listen, stressless. Seek Jesus, because if you do, you find life. Yo, this all-knowing God knows all that there is to know about you. And you know what's amazing? The miracle, again, he still loves you. If you could know yourself the way God knows you, you would probably want to break up with yourself, but he doesn't. Instead, Jesus, knowing not only you at your worst, loves you the most. And he knew that not only are you a sinner, but he knew that you could not save yourself and no one else could. And that's why Jesus came to give his life so that you can know how amazing he is so that you can begin to know how great God is. Guys, listen, that's what a revolutionary is all about, is somebody who grounds themselves, revolves their life, their faith on what they know about God so that when they are confronted with the unknown or the confusing things that aren't you're able to know yet or that the Lord hasn't revealed to you yet, you are able to still be optimistic and move forward. Because look, God knows all things, all right? He has the answers, all right? He is the answer. And I wanna encourage you, listen, keep seeking God. Keep seeking God. Because like the song says, Zach Nice's great song, the more I seek you, the more I seek you, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you, the more my life has changed. And so guys, keep seeking God, keep pressing it, and you're going to get to know a God that is better than you can ever imagine. So until then, guys, I want to leave you with that. Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that God all present. So see you next week.